We'll talk to you this morning about press the button. 2 Timothy 3.16. Do we actually have that scripture? 2 Timothy 3. We do have that scripture. Great, great. Press the button. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Boy, that sounds really spiritual, don't it? This is really deep this morning, I'm going to tell you. This is really going to be deep. 2 Timothy 3.16. I want you to read this with me. Are you ready? Ready, set, read. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for recorrection, for training in righteousness. Let's go ahead and read 17. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Amen. Now, I, I do just want this kind of a side note, but notice it's for the man of God. So, and the woman of God. So, if you're a child of God, that is written to you. All right? Go back to 16 just for a minute. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, and in righteousness. Now, let me ask you this. How many of the the people sitting beside you, how many of them need to be trained and taught and reproofed and corrected. How many of them sitting beside you need to have that done? Andrea, you are really right on Andrea, you are. Some of you are more right than others and Andrea is really right, okay? But you know, as we start this, this new year, it's a, it's a great time to evaluate the direction that our life is going. We need to evaluate where we spend our time, whether it's watching TV or spending it with the family or, or with God. I, I've already had people tell me about the, the a New Year things that they're trying to do, and one of them was spend less time watching TV, and I can say amen to that. that that's one of my goals for the New Year. And same way with Facebook, I mean, we need to reevaluate where we spend our time at, whether we spend too much time with our hobbies or, like I said, Facebook or watching TV, whatever the case may be. But this new year gives us a chance to push that reset button. It gives us a chance to, to think about where the direction that we're going, a chance to get everything back in line and go the direction that we want it to go, Right? Because most of us know that if we just allow this crazy life to take us wherever it wants to, you'll go places that you don't want to go. You will go, th- go places and end up doing things, and you'll invest all of your time, your valuable resources, in things that actually don't mean nothing to you. So it's a very important time. It gives us a time to, to reset to reschedule our our time and reschedule our resources and put them to a place that we want them to go. You know, it seems like the truth is that the tendency is for everything to get off track. And our lives is no different. Our lives veer away from the direction that we want them to go. And I think that's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, he, he said, If we want to follow him, we got to pick up our cross. So kind of the question is, if we want to follow Jesus, you know, we all raise our hand. Yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. 
But the kind of the question begs to be asked is, do you want to follow him every day? Because that's what Jesus is talking about. So if we want to follow him every day, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. So what he's telling us here is to rearrange your life every day. Rearrange your desires every day. Because he knows, Jesus knows, God knows that in the course of one day, our lives can get way off track in one day, let alone one week or one month, or one year. But every day, he tells us to do that. You know, I think we can see God's infinite wisdom at these times he's given us to start over. Whether it is uh, end of the day, or end of the week, or end of the month, or the end of the year. I think God knew that we needed these, we needed these times to start over, to push that reset button, so that we can refocus and rethink the direction, and the decisions that we've made in the past. I think it's very important that we recognize that, the importance of pushing that reset button and getting things back in line to where God wants them and also back in line where we want them, right? And this being the start of the new year, it's a perfect time to press that reset button. It's a time to think about, the, about what we give to God and what we give to ourselves. What we give to God and what we give to our family. I think we need to bring to the forefront of this new year the, the vast evidence that shows the validity of God's word. You know, I, I preached a little bit of, of an apologetic sermon a couple of weeks ago, but I want to share just a couple of things with you this morning just to make sure that, that we know that the Bible, the Holy Bible, is what it says it is. It is the inspired Word of God. It is profitable for teaching, for rebuke. It is the inspired Word of God. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a, a story of you know, of, of just a bunch of nonsense, but it truly is the Word of God. And I think that deserves to be brought to the forefront of each one of our lives at the beginning of this year. You know, I think that the world has conned many Christians and conned many churches. I think as a, as a whole, the the world has put doubt all the way from the pew to the pulpit about this Word of God being, being the Bible, being really the Word of God. I think the world has put doubt into individuals' minds whether it's really true, whether you can base your life on it or not. The Lord knows that we have many young people that go to colleges and possibly even high schools and walk into an environment that is completely contrary to the Word of God, where the schools do not teach the evidence of the validity of God's Word. And they will not teach that it, the founding fathers of this great country followed the Scriptures closely. They won't teach that. They will not teach that following the words and the Spirit of God is what led this nation to its greatness. They won't teach that. In fact, it is so messed up 
Now figure this one out. Maybe you're smarter than I am. Figure this one out. In schools, in colleges, around the country, if you don't know the Word of God or have not studied the Word of God, you can speak openly about it. You can criticize, you can, you can downgrade it, you can call it whatever you want as lo- as if you've never studied it or anything. But if you have studied the Word of God and know about the Word of God, you're not allowed to talk about it. But if you know nothing about it, sure, talk about it all you want. <laughs> what is up with that? That needs to be changed. That needs to be changed. They will not teach the facts that when the culture believed that the earth was flat in the past for, for, for hundreds of years, they believed the earth was flat. But Columbus didn't believe that. I want to read a quote to you. I've, I've mentioned this before. I want to read this, this quote, and I quote now. It was the Lord who put into my mind and I could feel his hand upon me, that it wouldn't be possible to sail from here to the Indies. All who heard of my project rejected it with laughter and ridiculed me. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me with rays of marvelous inspiration from the Holy Scripture. Now, I wonder how many colleges... And how many high schools have taught that? That the reason that we're, possibly the reason we're here today is because God led an individual. Not to step out in foolishness, but he led him by the inspiration of the Holy Scripture. By inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He didn't step out on foolishness. He stepped out on faith. And I've always told you time and time again that the, that the Word of God is our safety net. The Word of God is what confirms what we feel like and believe the Spirit is leading us to do. And that's what happened with Christopher Columbus. He felt the Spirit of God stirring inside of him and, and leading him to go against all science and go against all common thinking of that day. And and the Holy Spirit led him to trust the Word of God. You think they're taught that? Isaiah 40, 22, it says, God is enthroned above the sphere of the earth, the circle, the ball of the earth. You see, that's what Christopher Columbus stepped out on. That's what he gambled on. That's what he believed in. But we won't be taught that. But notice what he says. He received comfort and inspiration from the Holy Scripture. Now let me tell you today, the Holy Scripture has not changed. If you need comfort, if you need inspiration, you can have that also. You can have the comfort of the Holy Spirit and inspiration from the Word of God. But we got to spend time. we got to devour the Word of God. Many teach the idea that this world was formed with a giant, massive blob. Let me tell you what. 
It don't take faith to believe that. It takes foolishness to believe that. Common sense. Well, for one thing, it don't take faith because faith has a foundation. Faith has something to base on. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that. Faith is, uh, is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence or the proof of things hoped for. Faith has evidence. There's a reason that you are sitting here today because you have seen proof, you have seen evidence that will hold and support your faith. That's why you're sitting here. But this idea... That this world and you and I and those precious babies, those children back in children's church, that we all used to be a glob and then all of a sudden everything come into, after so long it got into order. That's not my experience in life. If anything, things have a tendency to get out of order instead of in order. Right? Let me ask you this. Why is it so easy to mess up our lives? And it's so difficult to keep them in order. Why is that? I just don't believe the big glob theory. Why is it that, why is it when you walk into your children's room, everything is perfectly in place and all in order? Why is that? Why is that? Why can't you just open up a package of hamburger, open up the oven door, and throw it in there and slam the door? Why is that? I mean, after all, I mean, if, you know, if things are, will eventually get in order, if you leave that steak on the grill long enough, it should be in order by the time after a few hours, right? No. You'll burn it. It'll get messed up. But yet, many of us want us to believe that things were all out of order, and then after a certain long period of time, they suddenly got in order. I don't think so. I do think they got it half right. You know, they, they will tell us that the world came from, and you and I came from a blob, and after millions of years, everything finally fell, to get, fell together and came together. I think they're half right. I think they're partly right. Let me tell you why. In Genesis 1, it says, and the world was formless and void and dark. They got that right, right? We agree with them on that. And then Genesis 1 says, then God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. And from that moment in time on, God created order. Not from a blob, but like the Bible says, like, like archaeologists have proven the Bible is true. Astrologers have proved the Bible to be accurate. Gary Rayburn and I one time was passing out CDs and inviting some people to a, to a church gathering. And this older man, he told us, he said, oh, I'm way too educated for that stuff. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> I don't think me or him, either one will ever forget that. But here's the thing. It wasn't that he was way too educated on that stuff. 
The problem is he had been never educated on the facts of the Bible. That's the problem. He was an intelligent man. You know, there's this one radio station I listen to. How can I say this and not offend anybody? I might not be able to. <laughs> so I'm going to say it. But it says, there's, it's not so much that my liberal friends don't, are ignorant or foolish. It's just that they know so much that isn't true. I think that's the way this man was. He had been taught so many things that wasn't true. And that's why you need the Bible. That's why you need the Word of God. That's why we need to be taught the validity of the Word of God. We, our young people need to be taught the, the basis that backs up the Bible. And you know what? Most of the time, this is, this is just a fact. Most of the time, O.J. Simpson, all right, he's getting, I guess they're getting ready to have a TV show or something, whether he's innocent or guilty, who knows. But almost always, you have an event, and then they write a story or whatever the case may be, and as time goes on, you start seeing all the flaws and all the problems with that writing, with that teaching. Is that right? You know, I, I have people uh, ask me on a, every once in a while, they'll say, is so-and-so uh, using drugs? And I always say, I don't know, just wait a week and we'll all know. And, and it's true. But here, so, so here, so here it is. So we all know, as time goes on, the truth comes out, Right? Right? No matter how they spin it or how much they tell you opposite, after amount of time, the truth comes out, right? Well, see, that's exactly what's happening with the Word of God. There is not more proof and more proof and more evidence that the Word of God is false. In the last 15 or 20 years, there's been countless more truths proven that the Word of God is true. One of them just, just comes to mind. One of them is Solomon. See, they all thought that Solomon in the Bible had to be just a figment of somebody's imagination, had to be just a good story because they, they, they was beyond a shadow of a doubt thought that there was no horses in that territory. They thought there was no horses at all, and, and, and that's just because they didn't have any proof of it until, I forget what it was, like 1960 or 1955, and then they found all these stables and the remains, and then they proved that the Bible was right and what man had thought was wrong. And as time goes on, we see more things come to the forefront that the Bible is true. The same way with the ongoing theme of the Bible. You know, a lot of times when you pick up a book, you pretty much expect the theme to go one way. And why is that? Because one person writes most books, right? You might have a favorite author that you like to write, so you kind of you know the direction that book is going to go. Just like the Quran, which is written by Muhammad, it was written by one person. The Analects of Confucius, they were written by Confucius, so you would expect that his writings to go one direction. The writings of Buddha, you know, they were written by Buddha, so you expect them to have a central thrust or a central theme. 
But what about the Bible? Why is there such a central theme on the Bible? It was written by 40 different people of every age and every stage in life, all the way from fishermen to tax collectors to businessmen to scholars to not scholars, and yet, and even over a period of almost 2,000 years, all of these scriptures was written and put together, and yet they have the same theme from Genesis to Revelation. That means something. That means something. Those are questions that many individuals that are contrary to the Word of God, they can't answer. Another thing that points to the validity of the Word of God and the, and the idea that God created the universe, that the eggs of a bug hatch in seven days, those of a canary in 14 days, those of its chicken, Mark Miller, 21 days, seven, 14, 21, you get a, you get a pattern there, eggs of a duck and geese, they hatch in 28 days, the eggs of a mallard in 35 days, eggs of a parrot and an ostrich, 42 days, do you see a pattern there? The number seven, the same number that's in the days of the week, seven. The, the thought and the idea that this world that we live in is from a mass or a big bang is ludicrous. You know, I used to have a t-shirt that said, I believe in the big bang theory. God spoke and bang, it happened. <laughs> so... So, yes, I am a believer in the Big Bang Theory. Uh, Pastor Rick sent me a bit of information this week, and I think most of us here today fall in this category. Uh, listen to this, and I quote from John o uh, Ortenberg. It says, for most of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, I really doubt that that'll happen to most of you here today. I don't think we'll do that. And that's what he says. And I go on to quote, it is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. I think that could happen. Let me tell you what, that can happen to your pastor. And if it can happen to your pastor, it can happen to you that we become so distracted and so rushed and so preoccupied. I read an article here, here a while back that, that said that a lot, lot of times, and I have, to, I have to be careful of this, this, this article really spoke to me, that we're in a, in a culture today, in a society today, that if we're busy and the busier we are, we almost wear it like a badge. We almost think that, you know, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, and we're almost proud of it that we'll wear a badge. But you know what? Busy can distract us also. A great quote I, I like from Abraham Lincoln concerning the Bible, and he said this to one of his, one of his friends. He said, if you will live what you understand according to the Bible and take the rest of it by faith, 
you will live and die a better man. If we will put in action the things that we know concerning the Word of God and take the rest by faith, we'll live and die a better man. And I would like to add to that, our families will live and die a better family also. Praise team, if you want to come, please. i got a couple more things I want to share with you. God wants you to live a good life. He wants that for you. He wants you to love your neighbors, to love your spouse, your children. He wants you to love everybody around you. But look here just for a minute. Everybody look at me. But here's the thing. So God wants all of those things for you and for your family. But I'm here to tell you today that the source of all of those things is your relationship, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot do it on your own. You can only do it by staying close to the source of all of these things. And that's the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you today, this week, push that reset button. Think about the year ahead. Think about where you spend your time at, where you spend your finances at, and think about what you need to do to get you and your family in the place that you want it to be. And let me tell you, one of the most effective ways to do that and to keep your relationship on track is to make sure your family is in church every Sunday and every Wednesday night. That's how you do it. I've had people say, I just don't know how some people do it. I'll tell you. They make sure that they have their family in church on Sunday. And they make sure they have them in church on Wednesday night. It works, folks. If you struggle, you need more of Him. You need more of His Word. You need to have more of His truths and precepts down inside of you. I heard somebody say, I wish I knew who it was, or I'd sure give them credit for it. Maybe I read it somewhere, I, I really don't recall. But it was concerning backslidden Christians. And oh my goodness, it's so easy to backslide. You miss a week, you miss two weeks, the next thing you know, you got stuff planned on Sunday, you're not even going, it's so easy. But this, but this, this, uh, this word said that the reason people backslide is because they don't know Jesus well enough. They don't know enough about him. Because if they did, if they did know more about him, they would never backslide. They would never turn their back on him and go the other way. Amen. Stand with me, please, as we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today and we praise you today, Father. I thank you, Father, for wooing us and directing us and guiding us. I thank you, Father, for drawing us closer to you. Father, I just pray for every family here today and every young person here today that their hearts will be open toward you throughout this next year. That they will honestly and sincerely seek you with all of their hearts. And when they do that, I thank you, Father, that you will lead them and 
and guide them to victory. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.